Today, I want to talk about a track from Peter Gabriel's epic Us album, came out in 1992. This is a track called Secret World. Now, this probably wasn't the most popular track off this album, but it's a perfect example, I think, of Peter Gabriel's songwriting style and how he does this incredible job of building a theme, taking something very, very mellow and quiet and building it and building and building it over time. He does it on Salisbury Hill. He does it on so many of his great tunes. And this song is another great example of that. We start off with this kind of a nice atmospheric keyboard and guitar type of noise going on. Really more than anything, he's just kind of establishing what key we're in. And then we get this really cool drum loop that comes in. And, and Peter Gabriel is so good at creating rhythms, interesting rhythms, whether he's using drum loops or live drummers. I believe Manu Kachi is actually playing percussion on this on top of loops. Uh, he, he layers percussion and rhythm on top of each other in such an effective way. So, so when he introduces that rhythm, you get that real interesting vibe and a feel off the song. And we go almost a full minute before we get any vocals at all out of this, which is interesting. And even the keyboard bass part that's coming in, I mean, Tony Levin's going to kind of show up on bass soon enough, actually on Chapman Stick. Uh, but before that, the whole intro and the beginning of the song, we've got basically a keyboard synthy kind of bass. And even that is playing in a kind of rhythmic way that is kind of counterposting what's going on in the drum rhythm. Right away in the first verse, we've got this beautiful melody that Peter Gabriel has constructed here, and his voice is just so amazing to listen to, and he's he's just always been a great talent vocally. But the way he builds his voice on this song to match the intensity of the music is also something to listen out for. He starts off in this mellow, kind of lower octave with just this really pretty, quiet melody, and it's it's a song about regret. I think it's a song about loss and the, the end of a relationship of some sort. It keeps centering around this question of what was it we were thinking of? We which is such a, you think about it, it's, it's such a sad question to be asking, right? To be thinking about your past and think, you know, what were we even thinking? It kind of drives a sadness into the song that is matched perfectly with the atmosphere of the music that he's created. I stood in this unsheltered place Till I could see the face behind the so for structure for this song, all we really end up with is basically four of these verses, uh, and it goes into, I guess what you can call the chorus, and it just does that pattern four times with a bridge then between the third and fourth, which is the most exciting part of the song, the climax of the song, if you will. But it's a very simple pattern, but it's the way that he t introduces new rhythms, uh, changes in the guitar parts, changes in the keyboard parts on every single verse. And so as we come out of this first round of it, out of the verse, you'll hear that there's a little extra intensity added in the second verse, but not a whole lot. He's showing incredible restraint here so that he has the ability to take it further with each one of these loops. What was it we were thinking of? So I watch you 
so in his second verse, as we're building a little bit, he keeps the vocals in the low range in the beginning, but we've got a new drum loop added on top of the existing rhythms, and we get a little extra change in the guitar part. And again, it just brings up the intensity ever so slightly. And he ends this verse jumping up into the higher octave. And he, just to put a punctuation point on that question that he keeps asking, what was it we were thinking of? So now we get to the third verse, and we've got a new loop yet again, a change again in the drum pattern. We've got more keyboards coming in, and he rises up that higher octave for the entire verse. And this is where he really shines. His voice is just impeccable in this range. It always has been. And just the way he brings it up there, the entire intensity of the song engages, and we're preparing for that climactic bridge that's coming. course, right at the end of that third verse, we actually get the introduction of Tony Levin playing Chapman and Stick bass. And it's amazing that we've gotten this far into the song and there's no bass. There's this keyboard bass kind of happening, covering that low end, but the bass player hasn't jumped in at all until this point. And of course, we changed and added a little more rhythm to go along with it. But Tony Levin plays this incredible bass line. It's just so cool, so memorable. Uh, it's a melody in, in and of itself. And it is just, it's, every time it gets to that part of the song, it's just, it's just a great climactic bridge coming in. So he's introducing this theme of the bass line, and then the vocals that go along with it also uh, gets more intense as well. absolutely love how after the first two lines of the bridge, there's a pause and Tony Levin drops down to the little super low octave in his bass. Uh, the Chapman stick has an incredible range. It can get really high and really low. And so he drops down to that lower octave and it just adds a depth to the song that it previously hasn't been there. And it, again, it helps to build into this climax. And there's this great trade-off back and forth the making it up in our secret world. As he does those vocals, there's a cool bass fill that Tony Levin plays each time and he changes it up. They repeat that three times. And then on the fourth one, when he goes into shaking it up, that's when we drop the rhythm for the first time. And it's so effective because we've been building and building and building throughout all this time. And the loop has been there pretty much since the beginning of the song. And when he hits that fourth time around and he, he changes the lyrics to shaking it up we drop out the rhythm for the first time in the song and we get an actual climax by removing something which is a rare thing but it's it's again something that peter gabriel's so good with his orchestrations and with his arrangements he understands how effective that can be and so we drop that out and he does the final three lines of shaking it up in our secret world and it's just absolutely intense at that moment Then 
then immediately, once we're done with that, we get a fourth verse after the climax, which is interesting, but it's a completely broken down verse. So we've gotten to that big climax. We've ripped out the drum part, and now he's going to do the final fourth verse with no rhythms going on, no extra drum loops at all, and just the instrumentation. And it's just this beautiful final verse. He brings it back down into the octave, and he kind of lets the song end on a quiet note. Seeing things that were not there In that fourth verse, the instrumentation changed. We hear a little more cello, a little more strings kind of around the piano and the other keyboards as well to replace the rhythm parts. But again, it's quiet and it's subtle. And he's and he, even his vocal, he brings it all, the entire verse. He keeps down in the low octave and he ends very softly on his voice. What was it we were thinking of? And then at the end, after these last bit of quiet vocals, we get an introduction of rhythm again. It's not a loop. It's more of a, just a hit on a tambourine, which is probably Manukachi doing that live, I would imagine. But there's just that little hint of rhythm, not a full loop, but just a little bit. And we get Tony Levin playing back on bass. We get some cool guitar parts and keyboards. And we kind of get this little musical jam at the end, if you will, where Tony Levin's really doing some really tasty fills. But it's, it's kind of leaving you in this space, in this vibe, without building up to another giant climax. Just a little bit of an edge to fade out the song on. It's really nice. like how all the instrumentation there is is built out there's just kind of this repeating guitar parts a couple of different ones and a couple of different keyboard parts going on that are kind of looping back and forth and tony levin kind of sailing above it with his his bass parts kind of building through there and it's just a nice way to fade out and end the song and end the album actually this is the last track on the album this has always been my favorite track on this record and for whatever reason uh, this one has always stuck with me obviously this album had a lot of great big hits digging in the dirt was very big and steam of course was a big track and kiss that frog all those kinds of famous hits from this record this this era was a pretty big time for peter gabriel there in the early 90s but for some reason this track is the one that always sticks out with me it's probably tony levin's amazing bass playing but to me again it's just a great example of how Peter Gabriel constructs his music. It's not your typical pop kind of music, and yet it's very accessible. It's very easy to listen to. His melodies are absolutely catchy, but at the same time, what he's doing musically, rhythmically, and with his buildup of instrumentation and arrangement is always something that I find as an inspiration in a way, something to think about when I'm trying to construct my own music. So I highly recommend you check out this whole album. Peter Gabriel, in general, if you're not a big fan, if you haven't listened to him before, just dig into his whole catalog. It's amazing. Thanks for tuning in to the Weekly Listen. Subscribe to this show via Apple's iTunes or wherever it is you like to get your podcasts. iTunes ratings are always helpful too, and I'd appreciate it if you'd share the show with your friends. Apple Music and Spotify links to today's track can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash theweeklylisten and become a patron. Your support will go a long way to helping me keep the show going. 
Speaking of support, I want to give a shout out to my executive producers on this episode, Alec and Kevin. Thank you. You help make this show possible. If you want to learn more about how you can become an executive producer on this show, go to patreon.com slash the weekly listen. If you have any comments, suggestions, or you just want to chat with your fellow listeners about the music, you can reach out on micro.blog at the weekly listen. I encourage everyone to join the conversation. Thanks. And we'll be back next week with more music. 